Welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. I'm Joey Roberts. Welcome back to Fearless Fridays. 15 minutes of Fearless. Jamie Davidson is back, but real quick, huge thank you to Clarity6 for sponsoring this 15 minutes of Fearless. Clarity6.ai is made by Amazon sellers for Amazon sellers. And we'll put the link in the note section, but it is a most powerful marketing tool that is new for 2024. All right, Jamie, welcome back. Thank you, Joey. Always enjoy it. Jamie Davidson is managing partner at AMZ Insiders, my business partner. He was my mentor. I joined AMZ Insiders, learned how to sell, built my first business, zero to a million. So last week we dug into, well, when I say we, me, I asked Jamie a bunch of questions of how he actually grew his brands and sold over nine figures on Amazon and has launched over 3000 products with his brand. So let's continue that conversation. If you didn't listen to that, that's cool. Listen to this one and then you can go back and listen to last Friday. But what I want to bring up is global expansion. And with my business, zero to a million, there there were definitely countries that I could have launched in because people were asking for my product in those countries. But Jamie, you have launched globally. I mean, almost in every single country that you could sell in, your products are there. At what point did you decide to launch globally? And when I'm saying global, I don't mean like, you know, Mexico or Canada, because we all kind of can turn that on and sell there, but really having a global expansion plan for your products and your business. Yes. And so I think what we did was when it, you know, we saw we had the traction in the U.S. and like you said, really North America, you know, your Amazon.com account, include, seller's account, includes Canada and Mexico in it. So like I said, you have that ability to uh, sell, whether it's the NARF, which is the North American Remote Fulfillment Program. So you can sell into Canada and Mexico from the U.S. or put inventory in those countries. So, yeah, that is one thing. It's kind of low-hanging fruit. I mean, usually definitely recommend most people to sell in Canada as well. But the uh, as far as globally, you know, you want to make sure you have enough traction. You, hey, my brand is is doing well here. We have our arms around. You know, we can handle it, right? So we can execute into some of these other countries. The other thing is, you know, Amazon is well. Amazon is the dominant player in the U.S. Overseas, a lot of times they have not been. Right? There's different regulations. There's other local platforms that have originally been the dominant platform. And so what you found, and what we found, is Amazon is. They've gotten more seller friendly here in the US, but they're really seller friendly overseas. Like they really want to help you because the people that are in charge of that at Amazon, like they they're really competing with like eBay in these countries and you know some of these other e-commerce platforms that are just native to those countries. And so Amazon is not the big dog. And so they're like they really want your brands to be on there and be successful. So, you know, so that Amazon can be successful. And that, you know, that certainly helps because sometimes they'll turn on features for you in those markets there. So like uh, like the brand registry, they'll make sure you're set up there. Sometimes they'll they'll 
include your reviews. They can add on, turn on some of your reviews from the U.S. over overseas there. Uh, sometimes they have like some tax credits that they can help you with as well, too, because the different countries have things. So really that like uh, that helps a lot, just you know, how friendly Amazon tries to be over overseas. And so uh, that being said, it's still like, you know, it's still a level of complexity and time. So focus. So, uh, you know, so that being said, I typically try to pick one market. You know, if I was going to pick one market outside of North America, it would be the UK because it's English speaking. It's a good market. Usually the UK and Germany are kind of the first two that you recommend. But of course, nowadays there's so many more markets. I mean, it can differ, right? Like if you find there's strong demand for your product, uh, you know, in Australia or somewhere else, like with some market research and some of the tools internationally, you can, you might make a different decision, but, you know, usually start UK, Germany, and then progress from there. Yeah. Great advice. I love that. Um, also, you kind of coached me when, when I was going through it and it was like, well, do everything I can in the U.S. And I was like, yeah. And then it was great to leave the runway for my buyers to come in. So w what advice do you give for brands that have exit plans, right? Is it like my, for me, my exit plan was actually two years, even though I exited in one year, but what, where, how do you take the exiting? Cause you're, you're a great coach on when to exit your business. How does that play into this? Yeah. And you, you articulated it very well around the, the point about the runway point. And so there's a phrase when you're going to sell your business, because when you sell your business, like, Oh, I'm selling my business and it's going to be for this price, or I want this amount of money. And the, the saying goes, it's not what the seller is selling. So it's not what you're selling. It's what the buyer is buying, right? Because when you sell your business, you're trying to get value more than it's producing today. And, you know, which is known as a multiple, right? You want like, Hey, my earnings are, you know, I'm earning a million dollars a year on the bottom line. I want to sell this business for 3 million or four or five, $6 million. So it's a multiple. The reason people are going to be willing to pay you more than what your business is producing today is that there's a belief, right? There's a belief that in the future, the business can do a lot more. And so what does that mean? Uh, of course, there's risk around that. Everything else. Well, you need things just like you talked about, that runway concept. And so you need that runway. So, you know, the person buying it has belief that they can take advantage of that runway and grow their business. And that can certainly be plenty of opportunities in the U.S. But as you described it, like if you've done the research internationally and you can show that, listen, there's a lot of demand for this product or here, here's even communications people reached out or here's some analysis. We've used some of the software tools. You can see like this product or type of product sells really well. And we haven't even gone into that market yet. Um, or we've started to go in that market and we've gotten some traction, but we really haven't had the time and we don't have the financial resources or the team, but you guys, you know, buying us are bigger. So absolutely all those things are, uh, are really important. And like I said, nowadays, just similar to you, you don't have to go into all those markets. Again, if you're looking to scale bigger, like I'd say probably get to, you know, 3 million, 5 million and up, maybe, you know, look to go into some of those markets because that will help you. If you're not, you know, I'd probably focus more on the U.S. and then uh, do kind of what you did, do some research and understand you can present the runway. You get the inf you get the credit for the potential of the business in those markets without, without actually having to take the risk and actually put inventory uh, in those in those markets. Yeah, I like that. 
Yeah. And that worked out well for me. So thank you. You were my mentor. Good coaching. Uh, talking about retail, that is something we get a lot. And sometimes it surprises me early on when people are selling on Amazon and you know, maybe they're breaking that $10,000 a month mark and ready to scale, but then they bring up, hey, should I look into going into retail? And retail is a whole nother beast. I mean, all the way down to the, the packaging, right? You'll have to even change the packaging. And you have successfully brought a lot of your your products. Um, I'm thinking of like the the iPhone, iPad accessories, those I know for sure you brought into retail. So give us a little bit of insight with your experience going to retail. Yeah, sure. So it is, you know, similar to the other points, you got to find like the right time and capacity to it. Like we dedicated a, a guy to it, right? So we had a guy, Scott, we're like, hey, you're in charge of this. You're going to go talk to the retailers. In this case, he had some experience with it because you're dealing with uh, buyers in those markets. So, you know, traditional retailer, often there's buyers, let's say you're the Home Depot, they have uh, basically merchants, uh, merchant buyers that are out there looking for brands and people they want to partner with and see if they do. Usually, uh, you know, they want to do a test in some of their stores. And if it goes well, then they want to expand it, you know, more globally. So that's kind of the traditional retail model. So one, yeah, you have to have the capacity to do it. It is you know, I'd say it's risky from the perspective, like, hey, it's a kind of it's a different business approach. But, you know, the beauty of building your own brand, yes, you can grow it on Amazon, you can grow it on, you know, direct to consumer through Shopify, or one of the other social media platforms. But you can absolutely go to retail, just recognize it's gonna, you know, it's a, if it goes well, <laughs> then it's, you gotta have the right team to support it, because it can be really, you know, it's a lot like if Walmart decides to really wants to carry your product in a big way, then yes, you need to make sure like you are, you know, they're your customer. Like you have to be ready to jump when they tell you to jump and be mm -hmm. ready to supply. You can't like screw up your inventory and everything else. It's like, because it's different when you're running your own Amazon business and, and you run out of inventory, which is bad. But if you do it there, like the penalties are, can be massive and they're deal breakers. So, uh, you know, it's like, it's a huge opportunity too, though. If, if something works, works well, the other thing you have to do is just see the cost metrics of it to see what it looks like because you brought it up earlier, which was one of the, the issues we had, which was the packaging, right? On Amazon, when you're yeah. delivering a package to someone, it can be very efficient when we're going to be hung up. Our products can be displayed on a on a little, little stick, a pegboard stick in Lowe's. Then it needs to have a little hook on it and needs to fit and the packaging needs to look a certain way. So that was just different. You got to see what that cost looks like um, relative to you know, the margins that you're going to, you're going to agree to with the, the retailer. Yeah. Going back to your inventory point, I felt like you were talking right to me. Like Amazon's so much more forgiving, right? You just have to re-rank when you run out of inventory, but yeah, you cannot run out of inventory with a retail store and getting in Walmart is huge, right? I mean, that's like you're winning if you're, you get to sell in Walmart and Target. So you yeah, the, have there's to. A, yeah. No, I was just saying there's a guy, right? He lives right not far from our warehouse here, guy Robert that we've run into a few times. Robert uh, has a product that you in the coffee space, which you know, he's had some ups and downs on Amazon. And then last time I saw him, he has a, a massive, you know, uh, eight figure contract with Walmart for his products. And 
they're at like 30% margins for that thing. And he went from like struggling and figuring out the ups and downs with his Amazon side to like a really great agreement with Walmart. Uh, but it will only be as great as he can fulfill it and stay on top of it. Cause you know, if you mess that up, that will disappear quickly. So I'll have to check back in on him uh, with it. And uh, actually might be an interesting discussion around that to see how that that's gone with him. But yeah, it's, it can be a game changer for you. So it's definitely something you want to keep in mind as an opportunity. And again, it's the, it's the beauty of selling a physical product and having your own brand, right? You have these options. And so that's how I'd view it. You know, Amazon is first what we'd recommend, but if it's, uh, you know, if there's those opportunities in retail, you should assess them and, you know, it may make sense for you to pursue those opportunities as well. Yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, just huge growth that can happen going globally, expanding into retail, but there's also risks. And if you were listening to our previous episode last Friday, it is all about uh, getting the product right and caring about your customers and then building out systems and, and teams. And Jamie, even a, a great example, I love that you're so open and willing to share your insight with all of us Amazon sellers and you're kind of an OG OG seller. So we always appreciate when you'll come on and talk us through this. Now you give us your tip or I know you coached me through my exit, but you're so genuine when you're talking to sellers of all levels, even though, you know, your exit would be, you know, Trump mine with, with my zero to a million in one year. But what's some advice you can give to to sellers about an exit? Sure. Yeah. The, again, the first thing is start with the owner's goals, meaning your own goals with your brand, just at, you know, as soon as you can, to, you know, as you're starting your brand, or if you've already launched your brand, like really think about what it is that you'd want to do uh, because there's different things. You can fully exit your brand like you did, Joey, and maybe start another brand. In some cases you can, sell off your brand and you can continue on. So you can continue on as like a 20% holder, 30%, sometimes 50%. So maybe sometimes you want capital to help do it, but you're willing to split the brand. Again, you have to have a track level of success. Uh, so to make your business sellable, you need to be able to be, you, know, you need to have a certain level of, of revenue and a certain level, you know, a trend of progressing uh, sales growth and that it's profitable, right? Typically, Ideally, 20% or higher in terms of your profitability, uh, mm -hmm. you know, 15% and higher with good growth, top line growth, revenue growth, you'll be, uh, you'll be in good shape too. And then below that, you would, you know, probably be really hard. You can still sell a brand, but you're not going to be happy with what you get to it. So, so yeah, just have your owner's goals in mind up front and then think about, uh, you know, of course, operating a good business in place. And again, the more you can have procedures and systems good financials in place, the, uh, in other words, the cleaner of the business. Uh, and the other element, people that are buying the business, they're always just thinking about risk. So anything you can do to de-risk and give confidence that, hey, your business is going to continue, that you have some protection for your brand, you have kind of a moat around it uh, that makes it a little bit harder for other people to compete or why your business will continue to be successful, the more valuable uh, and the more money you can get on exit. Yes. and. Jamie, I'm not going to put you on the spot here, but 
if somebody wanted to have a consultation with you and they're serious about selling their brand, um, you, you, you do that and maybe you'd offer that to our listeners as you were able to, to guide and help me through my exit. Yeah, absolutely. I've had people reach out, uh, and, uh, happy to do that. I guess we probably put it in the notes here too, but, uh, I'm on Instagram at Jamie Davidson official. Feel free to, uh, shoot me a DM, DM and mention that you heard it here or my email address is, uh, Jamie, J A M I E at amzinsiders.com. Just again, mention that you, uh, heard me here on, uh, fearless sellers podcast and we'll set something up to uh, to chat with you awesome thank you and it's always a pleasure to listen to your stories and have you on the fearless sellers podcast so until next time stay fearless if you're already selling on amazon or you're looking to get started and you want my help go to amzfearless.com to book a free strategy selling session we can see if we can help you out. That's amzfearless.com. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. Until next time, stay fearless.